So welcome to another episode of AM Broadcast and I'm glad to have on the podcast uh, Ahmed Noor again. Um, how are you, my brother? Alhamdulillah, life is good, you know. Uh, what is it? The weather is okay, life is good, getting back to normal. Uh, so yeah, what about yourself? Uh, it's good, man. Um, I think fasting and lockdown was really good to like re instill my focus and kind of make me understand that like this is the time that you have to do stuff so you might as well do it now instead of like um putting on a back burner or procrastinating and saying i'm going to do it later so i'm just trying to do a lot of things that um and develop my skills um but yeah it's been good man the time's been good getting back to work um but it just feels feels weird um the time that we're in now it's like from covid to obviously the protests that are going on now um it just feels like weird i don't know man like one thing after another but um i see i see really good um upsides to everything that's going on um how do you feel about it i think obviously as a crisis it's a that's what it is but there's always a way to whatever cards you're dealt there's always a way of playing those cards and i think uh you know pros and cons always the pros here are on a personal level it's there's a lot of things to work with uh so you know those things are like oh i can i wanted to learn a language but i don't, I don't have enough time i wanted to do this people don't have the excuse anymore you know you had like three months to do it so at this point <laughs> So I think in that sense, on a personal level, you can always take that, you know, take something away from it. Uh, obviously, for some people, it may not be that straightforward. They may be that their normal life was set up in such a way where there are certain things they have to first logistically, you know, work out, whether it's in their personal relationships, whether it's in their relationship with themselves, uh, you know, things like that. Um, so it's not, for, it's, it's not feasible for everybody to be on that kind of wave. I understand that. But for those that can be, it can be quite useful. It could be a time for, uh, you know, refocusing yourself. It could be a time, you know, uh, refocusing yourself, working on yourself, improving certain things, taking some time out to think and, uh, you know, reflect. Yeah. Um, even with the uh, process that's going on now, I feel that one of the positives that's come out of it is that everyone is aware in the sense of, I should say something or I should do something and people are being more active now than any other time because before there was a time where a shooting would happen with the police or uh, an assault or an abuse would happen in the workplace or whatever it is and people were distracted or it seemed like it wasn't getting the right amount of traction when it started to build up then it just died down. Um, it feels like this is an ongoing thing and uh, it will lead to some sort of change. What that will be, when I'm not really sure, but getting statues taken down, you're getting uh, people coming out and saying, I am with you. And you're getting people who are being outed as um, either racist or bigots, or they're coming out themselves and saying really horrible and weird stuff and their businesses are paying a price for that. So um, there's, there's really, really good things happening in the sense of progression for humanity. And it's the same thing with COVID, I think. Um, people were nice to each other. We spoke about this in the other episode, that people were, that it took 
a tragedy to make people realize that life is short and we should uh, try to get along. And this is the same sort of thing where people are understanding that we shouldn't really judge people based on the color of their skin and mock or ridicule people for different languages, race, uh, gender, whatever it may be. Um, but so there's some people saying that there is a PC kind of thing. You won't be able to say anything. Um, what What do you think on in terms of uh, freedom of speech as as opposed to uh, being offensive and hurting people? Uh, yeah. So actually, to, to sort of loop it back to something you said earlier, uh, there are different things that came together. So before it it was things would happen, some of it short, and it would be like, oh, no, this happened, and then it would quickly move on. So definitely the fact that people, I think the whole coronavirus thing did have an impact in the sense of, um, you know, people have time to think about stuff, but also they had the time to kind of go out and try and do something about it. Even though it was at the lockdown, you're not supposed to protest. You know, it shows the severity of the situation that despite all of the risks, people still went out and to do it. Um, So it was in a roundabout way, despite it being a crisis, the fact that people were willing to do it showed just how serious it was. so there were, there were certain things related to that particular point in time, but it also, but there's many different currents that feed into it. So for example, mm. you know, when something happens once and then happens twice and then happens there, at some point it is likely to be a reaction. So I think this yeah. one, it was a reaction and, and it was also things specific to the case, which we'll talk about later, that made it so. So the fact that yeah. it was that particular person and as opposed to, you know, and if you know, like, let's say it was a younger man, people would have just assumed he was definitely a criminal. Even now, they 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 were like he paid with the thing, which I'm not sure what happened to that mistake. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. It was also because in America it's an election year, so there's lots of polarizing that happens around this kind of you know around this time of year. Exactly. So there were many, many, many things that fed into it, but it all came together. And it, it's sort of started that wave. So uh, other times when it happened, those opportunities may not have been there. Uh, and I think a lot of the time, whether it's when a movement starts, whether it's someone, pers- like let's say if I wanted to be successful, if I wanted to be whatever, there are certain things that obviously to do with me as a person, but it could be that I, you know, try and do something at the perfect time. You know, when people say the right time, yeah. the right time. So it's yeah. that kind of thing where, a lot of things came together and it was ripe for, you know, that kind of thing to happen. Um, what is it? So what was the question you asked me? The actual thing? Uh, I keep... It was in, t- in the sense of... Uh, oh, freedom of speech. Yeah, freedom of speech. So I think... To, to offend. Yeah. It depends on what standard we have. So right now, for example, if between me and you, we have a standard that... We are very, very like respectful. We have to be super polite and we can't say certain things to each other. That's fine because that's the standard that we have in our friendship. Um, yes. Alternatively, we could joke around and be like we could, there's, there, you know, there are no limits. The important thing mm-hmm. is whichever way, it doesn't matter what that is, we can offend each other a little bit. We can offend each other a lot. It has to be, standard and that standard has to be followed a lot of the time when, when things happen is that 
um, people consider certain, it's almost like any society, right? There are values. There are things that are open for discussion and there are things that are not open for discussion. So before we talk about what is and what is not allowed in the freedom of speech, we have to actually think, is what are we considering to be open under this? And I think the reason that people get upset about it is someone may like the idea that I should, for example, let's say you hold different views yeah. to me, right? I may think that your views should be open for discussion. It should come under yeah. freedom of speech. It should be something that I'm able to mock. It should be able, to, it should be something I'm able to discuss. But if you turn it around at me and there are things that I hold dear, I will always try and make sure those things do not come under that remit. So it's not even a freedom of speech in general. It's the values of what is and what is not allowed, right? What is allowed. Exactly. And that's the hypocrisy of it. So some people will be like, oh, we shouldn't, you know, limit freedom of speech. Uh, so we should not limit freedom of speech. We should be able to say whatever we want. Like, you know, Donald mm-hmm. Trump uses that quite a lot. Where he talks about Twitter. But Twitter is a platform. It, they, you don't have freedom of speech yes. in my house. You say, you know, if you say something in my house, yes. I can kick you out. Do you know what I mean? It's not It's not that. You can, you can have freedom of speech in certain public areas. But again, it's that distinction of what is, what comes under freedom of speech. Like, where are you allowed to practice it? How are you allowed to practice it? And people always try to push their own agenda. So it's never really about protecting freedom of speech yeah. the same way that when you attack another country, it's never really about mm-hmm. democracy. It's always about, I want, I want to be able to offend you. And that should come under freedom of speech. But you cannot offend me because I will say, no, 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 no. But the things that I believe in, those are sacred. Yeah. You can't talk about those things. But the things that you believe in, oh, yeah, those are, free, you know, there's free reign on that. So it's always that, like, really, though, really? But I think if we if we have the same standard and we don't have that hypocrisy, then it can go either way. I'm not too fussed whether we have, whether, you know, the remit is wide or whether the remit is quite strict. You know, we can say we're not allowed to offend each other. Everybody has to be PC or we're all allowed to offend each other. Everybody should go as long as those standards apply are, are you know, applied uh, consistently. Yeah. A lot of people, I find, especially discussions around what's happening now with like protests, people will go online and they will never directly say, oh, by the way, I just don't, you know, I'm just racist. Right. No one will say that because we're a little bit like as a, as a civilization, we're a bit more sophisticated. So people will pick on certain yeah. things. And quite often, for example, one thing that people say about the protests is, well, you know, there's a health crisis going on. And you're like, well, OK, this makes sense. Logically speaking, if there's a health crisis going on and people meet in large groups, there's, you know, it's going to effectively lead to more cases and it's going to lead to more yeah. deaths, which is understandable. But then again, if people don't protest this, it's going to lead. It's going to lead to more deaths. So you know, you are basically saying that this death is okay, but this death is not okay. So you can never quite say, "Oh, um, I don't believe that people should protest." You know, uh, black people should be protesting. But instead of saying that directly they will come at it they'll be like oh no but people meeting in large groups you know why why do people do that or they'll come at it and be like oh uh, there's always a way to come around it and you're always like no so you always know what someone's coming from or they'll be like oh you know i think the thing with boris johnson where he was talking about the pro or the, the, the government in general where they keep talking about the statues and they keep lifting like you know they keep changing the conversation yeah. from why the protests are happening to the statues and they're like oh but we should protect them you're like so let me understand this correctly 
a statue is more important to you than the fact that people are taught. It shows because the prime minister cannot come out and say, although he did actually come out and say racist things quite a lot in the past. He doesn't want to say, I don't believe in this, you know, but so he will say, oh, but he's hijacked by extremists. Mm-hmm. And it's another throw, you know, it's one of those words that you throw around when you want to discredit something. You're like, oh, it's extremists. Mm-hmm. Like all these people doing all kinds of crazy things. They're not extremists. Like they're, you know, uh, far right. Uh, terrorism is on the right. It is on the rise. And and they're not complaining about that. They That's not what he, but he, he will come. Compl- so it's a thing where people always like to point out. They, they try to say, oh, no. Or when you're trying to make an argument, let's say that me and you are discussing something that we're disagreeing on something. Those are like, yeah, you know what? You seem angry. It's like a microaggression, yeah, yeah. right? It's a, you try to pick on the, you know, certain aspects. You pick it up one by one to try and discredit the person. So it's it's always that. It's always like, oh, you seem rather, you know, violent. You're like, no, this is just how I speak. But it's interesting that you see that as violence, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, no, people don't want to admit it. People always want to go around You're it. Subject, um, because, uh, for example... Uh, people came out after the, the lieutenant riots happened and said, oh, no, now they have to put a stop to this, this, that, and the other. Prior to that, when there was peaceful protests, no one was saying anything. No one was coming out. Most people weren't uh, even joining the protests and saying, oh, I'm with these guys. I'm with uh, the people protesting. I'm with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. But all of a sudden, it's people uh, people want to use it as a PR thing and jump on the side, oh, no, I'm with them as well. To not seem... Uh, racist or anything or uh, to come out and say anything bad about um, the movement or pick on certain things like for example um, um, I think it was Kobe or LeBron who spoke uh, about racism um, in 2016 or 17 and then the uh, TV host goes um, you should just uh, shut up and dribble and now that's seen as a big issue as opposed to then where it's just between two people or um, a TV host saying something to another person who's in in the limelight or in who's a celebrity, and they they're criticizing them, but it wasn't seen as a microaggression or or um, uh, racist element then. Um, and another thing is like how Boris goes, um, we are a far less uh, racist society. I truly believe we're a far racist, less racist society. You say that as if it's like a win for everyone, like, like as if it's a good thing, and especially with the stuff that he said previously in the past, like it just it baffles me. Yeah, I know, I know, but he he makes those things. Like he makes calculated mm-hmm. comments. Um, what is it? There was one where he said, he, I think it was in Spectator or one of those papers. Uh, he was writing a column. So this is before he became prime minister. And he, he said that, oh, I don't believe that the things happening in Africa is because of colonialism, you know, because it's been 40 odd years. And you're like, well, if something has been happening for certain, for, you know, it wasn't like it was happening for six months, you know, it was a lot of these things were happening, whether it, it was all the way from slavery, all the way to colonization. It was happening for a long time. And any logical person knows that if if you, for example, if you suffer from something for a set period of time, it takes you a comparable a comparable amount of time 
to recover from it. So if it's something that's been happening for, for 100 years, for example, it won't take a year to recover from it. It may take 50 or 100 years to recover sure. from it. Do you, do you know what I mean? Or even more. It depends on, like... So he's purposefully ignoring that. I think he, he makes these comments to appeal to a certain section of society, which he has successfully done because all the way throughout his career, he always made comments. Um, there were comments that were far more crude than that, than that but it's, it's a thing where people say like, okay, or he, he was talking about a revisionist history, which is hilarious because I'm thinking like, but you have a revised history. That's not the real history. You can't change something that has already changed. There's no honor among thieves. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like me saying, this is the edited version of history. We want you to believe that. But when someone questions that edited version of history, you're like, oh no, but we can't change history. But you just did, you know? But then again, I think he knows that logically these these, these things don't work, you know, objectively speaking. But again, it's, it's, a, it's a game of who you want to appeal to. It's a game of who, that's why some companies will come out and support one side because they know that's that's going to give them credibility, whereas other people will come out and support the other side because that gives them credibility. It's, it's, it's always a game of, you know, cause offense on one side and everybody from that side will like you and everybody from the other side will hate you. And it's always viral. A lot of the time people do things, they troll people on purpose just so they stay in the limelight. It's why it's one of the reasons why 50 Cent is so successful, you know? He's an entrepreneur, but the way that he keeps himself, the way he promotes the things that he does is by continuously picking fights with people. And a lot of those fights are staged, by the way. Um, I can't say how many of them are staged, but it's, it's, it's the purpose is to do that. The same thing that 69 does, the same thing... They literally, whether it's a rapper or a company or a political figure, everybody does the same thing. You know, they'll they'll say something that they know will kick something off. And then, um, so um, having said that, brands always fall in line. You know, that's why you have a lot of the big brands, they fall in, they, they, they say, oh, we support the Black Lives Movement. We're like, well, how? Okay. You have warehouses where... Exactly, it's like with Amazon, right? Which was quite nice. At least they didn't come against it. It was like, oh, okay, well, you support Black Lives Matter. That's good. But you have warehouses where people work and a lot of them are predominantly, right, at least way higher, you know, than the average, uh, you know, are, uh, where is it, from ethnic minorities uh, than general population. And then they continuously have to complain about Amazon's working conditions. They continuously have to complain about those things. So to say that Black Lives Matter, but not actually live that, is, it is quite hypocritical. But at the very least, they, they are on the right side of the line. You know, there's a line somewhere and they're on the right side. They're not fully there. They're quite borderline. They, what they do and what they say. But the benefit from that is even though they're not living that, even the fact that they've come out and say it, it builds up. It's like the network effect, you know? If, like, imagine you start a social media and, a, you know, a platform and then there's a couple of million people and it, it will grow. So it's that kind of effect where if more and more people jump on board, it forces everybody else to jump on board. So there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things that are, yeah, it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting. It's interesting seeing it. One but, of the things yeah. um, that made me uh, laugh about this whole thing is... Uh, you know um, that post that uh, one of our friends brought up, the L'Oreal one, um, the fact that she got sacked for, um, for speaking about uh, racism within uh, L'Oreal. And then, like, moments later, well, now, anyway, they decided to rehire her as one of the um, reps to speak on um, 
public relations and, and PR. It's like a PR stunt, basically, on the side of L'Oreal to try and um, not seem racist, basically. And um, that's one of the problems that we have. Everyone decides to pick a side when it, when it seems that it's going uh, wrong, basically. And they're going to be seen as the bad guys or the, the agitators or instigators. So in order to not lose business, they have to do a PR stunt or come up with a statement. Like the NFL came out with a statement saying, oh, we're with Black Lives Matter, this and the other. But when Kaepernick took a knee, no one uh, was on his side. But now you want to say mm-hmm. something. Yeah, exactly. So, right. It's it's like, uh, yeah, before you were against it, now you're for it. So are you going to reinstate it? And like, do you know what I mean? Are you going to make sure, obviously, like it's been a number of years, like, the way sports works and stuff, mm-hmm. right? But it's the, yeah. So what are you going to do about it now? What are you going to do to change? Yeah, I. that's what I mean. The, the negative thing is, obviously, people are just jumping on board. Having said that, having, you know, the fact that people have achieved this level of momentum in itself is quite good. Because if someone's own morality or, you know, ethics or a company's own values will not uh, swing them to your side, sometimes just the sheer momentum of everything will. And then, you know, in a way, it's, it's, there's a positive to that in the sense of it creates a wave and everybody has to be on that wave. Kind of thing. Otherwise, you know, they'd lose out. Uh, unfortunately, they, they didn't do this on their own. That's that's obviously the drawback here. That's um, and it's longer, you know, soon as it's not uh, fashionable anymore, they'll just go back to business as u- business as usual. Which is why I think it's important that when the movement happens, it's important to to have mechanisms in place to ha- to continue that pressure, to have that leverage. You don't want to lose that leverage in a moment. You don't want to forget about it in a couple of months' time. So. I think that's the key. That's one of the things that will define how useful this moment has been. Whether a year from now, two years from now, we will have there will have been some sort of paradigm shift. There will have been something that says, "Okay, now we're actually living in a different world." Where at least, even though it might not be perfect, it will have moved in the right direction. Things, the norm would have moved, you know, all the way that that line would have moved to a different place. Right, so I think yeah, that that's that's that will that'll show us how useful that has been. So hopefully, people will be able to keep up the momentum. Hopefully, it won't just be protests; it'll be quite multifaceted. And to be quite honest with you, I think the more you can lobby and the more you can create, you know, the more leverage you have, the better. It's one of the things. Being a disadvantaged society, you generally don't tend to have those mechanisms. When you're a well-established community, you can have. You know, you have uh, what is it, MPs from political parties, so, you know, uh, linked to your lobby groups. You have think tanks linked to your lobby groups. You have, you, you basically have that level of influence. Whereas when you're, a, you know, like more of a, if you're from a poorer community, those things are just not there. Right, so that's I think that's the, that's that's the move that people need to make. There are enough successful people, and there are enough you know people from let's say the black community that this can happen. Whether it happens is it's a matter of if they are able to organize themselves and they're able to evolve beyond just protests. Uh, have it so that, for example, I think whether it's unions, whether it's lobbying local, uh, whether it's you know uh, local politicians, uh, whether it's being able to make sure that people use their vote. Whereas what tends to happen now is like in America, for example, you have Biden, 
Biden is as useless almost. He's obviously as bad as Trump, but he's not really that useful either. But because he was serving under a black prime minister, black president before, it was like ah, yeah, he's gonna. And I think it goes back again to the systems of governance and you know how society is set up institutionally. That um, you know, are these things really? Are you really going to be able? Because when I tell you all of your life's choice, you know, all the things that matter to you. I can put it into one big box and you choose A or B. Yeah. That doesn't really make yeah. sense, you know. Life is a bit more complex yeah. than that. Um, so I think it's it's important though to just have enough critical mass. It's important to have enough critical. We, we I think black people in America or here we we have that. It's just whether we are able to utilize that, yeah, especially with us. Um, like for example, right now it's a Saturday. Um, on Monday it's going to open up. Shops are going to open up. Um, things are going to sort of go back to normal. Will we still have that momentum afterwards? Will we still have that critical mass that you're talking about? Um, will we still have people online uh, doing all the work that they can or donating or uh, just doing anything that we can to try and bring about this change? Uh, because it's an ongoing thing. It's not something that's going to change overnight. Um, and one of the other things that I want to talk about was um, in the sense of how... When we were speaking earlier, like for example, now you have the protests and you also have um, the far right, basically, like they are out there and they're attacking the police and um, will Boris be speaking about these things? He will speak in, term, in the sense of against, uh, or he'll pick and choose what he wants to talk about, but he's not, I don't believe personally that he'll talk about the racism that is caused by the far right or what the far right are doing at the moment or what the, like for example, they instigated this by Tommy Robinson saying they were going to come out um, and defend the statues and whatnot. But when the BLM protest, uh, protesters decided we're going to not protest today because you want us, you want to goad us into um, a fight or a riot or um, to make us look bad basically. And now that they're the ones who are attacking police in the videos that I'm seeing now, um, like, will they ever speak about this side of the, the coin? You get it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, of course not. It, yeah, it goes back to, again, it, it, even in the media, there's always that bias, you know, there's always that. If It's actually quite interesting as well because it's, it's the words that people use to describe things, right? It's that a lot of the time you can say something without saying it. You can suggestively say something. This is why whether it was both Trump and Don, you know, and what's his name, uh, Boris, both of them were using the same words. They were like thuggery, yeah. thug, thuggery, you know? There's certain words that you use to paint. And it's the same thing is done by the media. So if, for example, people are going to talk about this, they're always going to talk about it in a certain, with, with a certain tone of voice. You know, it's, I think even before this thing was happening, before coronavirus, you know, there would be like a, like a far-right terrorist. And it, was always, it would always talk about their background. It would show that they're a real human being. Mm. Whereas even as George Floyd was getting, like, you know, at, on, the, you know on the same day when newspapers were coming out, it was always like, he was alleged to have used forged banknotes. Mm. But, like, why would you slide that in there? Yeah, why would you make the victim right? look like a bad guy? 
exactly but it's always the same kind of mechanisms that are you know it's, it's, it's like a playbook mm-hmm. and it says figure something out that they've done wrong it's alleged by the way did, did we come up did we figure out if that happened do like what was actually no, the situation no. with the bank we, st- we still haven't figured out and we don't know um any more than we we knew at the beginning in the sense of what actually happened all we know is that he was alleged to um come in there to buy a loose cigarette with uh uh, counterfeit money and the person who's in the store called the police on him and they held him there for a certain uh, time I'm not sure why they were dragging him around the car they didn't put him in the car and arrest him and take him to the station they just flattened him on the floor and from one side it looks like one guy is on his neck uh, Derek Chauvin and then it, other side is like three other guys on his leg and his back and callously just holding the knee there without caring and he knew what he was doing right there was no need for that force we still don't know why but that's what they love doing they love to paint a picture of um he 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 looked like a thug or he um must have done something wrong yeah so it's 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 interesting. Like anytime you read, it, it's always like, oh, uh, you never hear the the normal story. You never had the, the you never hear the origin story of someone that's from an ethnic, uh, you know, minority. You always hear the ethnic like the origin story, unless it happens to be violent and crazy, right? The, but when it's it's like, oh, this person they killed like twenty people for absolutely no reason. But, you know, they used to be, they have a family. They have two kids. Like, mm. oh. Mm. Yeah. It's like Dylan Roof. Really? It's like Dylan Roof. He, he prayed with the people in the church and he killed all the, the black people that are in the church. And they gave him a burger after it. They told him, oh, you're hungry. Do you want to go to McDonald's or Burger King? So they got him a burger. But then when it's a person who's a police officer, um, I remember a while back ago and uh, Dave Chappelle recently uh, put it on his um, his comedy. Uh, well, it was it was more like a social commentary more than comedy. But he was talking about how there was a black uh, police officer. He spoke against his uh, white counterpart, um, female officer, who was um, abusive and she was rough in arresting a person, and uh, he was fired. So then he went to all the channels to try and get his job reinstated and he failed at that. And when he failed at that, he wrote a manifesto and he included Dave Chappelle. He was saying Dave Chappelle is one of the smartest person. Um, he knows what he's talking about. And he's been talking about these kinds of things for a while now. And he decided to, in his manifesto, after point out, he said he was going to come out after the police and the families. And uh, Sadly, he went and he uh, killed people. And after doing so, he uh, ran off into a cabin and 400, no more than 400 police officers came there and they burnt him alive in that cabin. So when you have something like Dylan Ruth, if you try and compare it, they gave him a burger. This guy, he was trying to do the right thing. And then he ended up doing something horrible, obviously, but he wasn't arrested. He wasn't treated the same. And they just murdered him. (laughs) So it's crazy how it always, um, certain lives are treated differently in the same context. Like if you do something wrong, this is how we'll treat you. And if you do something wrong, this is how we'll treat you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, you, you always have to always figure out, 
how is it because you you know it's like you can't go out i think we said you people can't say things that, that are racist but they know they're like okay we we know this community that we're part of is so and so we this is our target audience we'll speak to them we'll use code language we'll talk about you know whenever it's uh someone it's always that it's double standard isn't it yeah it's always a double standard where if one person does something we're always going to look at it and like enforce the law whereas if another person does it we're not really going to enforce the law mm-hmm. uh whether it's you know legal in that kind of sense whether it's to do with the police whether it's to do with the justice system or whether it's even in in, in society like you know if uh, exactly and it, this is a prime predominantly it, it happens in the workplace where people always try to be like oh no because even though there are labor laws who says you can't you know if you really want to fire someone you can find an excuse to fire them do you get it yeah. you can always find an excuse to fire them. unfortunately that's what people yeah go with um, as I was saying, I think it's it's important for it, for there to be mechanisms, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's uh, whether it's institutions, whether it's. I think though one of the main things is let's say if we if we deal with the things that have the most influence. So if it's in the workplace, um, because you know if we spend most of our you know we, we spend most of our waking time working, so that's one thing. Uh, whether it's things like the police, whether it's things like the media, if those things are regulated to the point where you cannot attack people, you cannot incite hatred, you cannot incite division like that, mm. um, both from a lobbying point of view. So I think that's that's probably going to be the more powerful one. But if uh, legally speaking, if we if we lobby for restrictions of things so like that, if a if a newspaper can be found by an independent panel to be inciting a lot of hatred, to be inciting, um, then, you know, they could be fined and shut down because effectively it's, we always have this idea of the freedom of the press. Um, Having said that, you know, the press is not fully free because if if the press says something about a very powerful figure, they can get sued. That's true. Right. So it always seems that the freedom of the press tends to give whatever side has most power to it's like the price position whatever side has more power can influence them to to and it's ridiculous that that's allowed to happen it's ridiculous that people are allowed to say things and get away with it it should be like a thing where obviously it should be free from the government i think that was the intention right like the government can't influence it but when the people behind you know when the same people that have interests in media also have interests in big corporations and other big corporations and they run in the same you know swamp as trump ironically put it Mm. there's not really freedom of the press even though they're not legally obliged they're still going to do whatever they're they're still going to do whatever their you know uh colleagues want them to do and say Mm. so it's like we have an illusion we have a lot of illusions and illusions in society and i think it's time we get rid of that it's time we realize things with what they really are Mm. um you know there should be an, a pan like here. I think you have Ofcom, right? Yeah. Um, for let's say broadcast media and things like that. Where if someone does say something on TV, there'll be complaints and then there will be a set thing that happens. Uh, something needs to be done for newspapers. Although there is a newspaper panel, for example, they can go and attack you on the front page and then do a retraction on like page thirty. Which yeah. makes no sense, right? Like a small line. Oh, yeah, we sorry we did that. It should be a situation where people cannot just not do that. They'll have to place it in the exact same place, right? Yeah. With the yeah. same level of importance and the same level of emphasis. And the person, the same way they wrote that, the 
the other person should be able to write their piece and they'll have to print it. Yeah. And it's, do you know what I mean? Like, there, there's certain things that it's always like, oh, but it's freedom of the press. The reason that's okay is because the press tends to attack again ethnic minorities, people that are different, people that are not, you know. So yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of little things. When you don't have power, you realize everything sort of goes against you. Power is, uh, you know, a lot of the time when you become powerful, you don't just buy things that make you money. You buy things that afford you a leg up whenever you have a confrontation with someone with someone else or an entity or a group of people, etc. You know, that's one of the things that they need to get rid of. And we need to stick to, like, for example, local newspapers. Local newspapers are, for example, one of the things, especially in America, that uh, exposed, um, like, the Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein scandal and other uh, scandals. It's all from local newspapers that it started from. And then the big ones pick it up and then they put their spin on it. And they, they, um, they're the ones that profit off it. And there was a, there was a thing by um, Hassan Minaj, I think his name is, um, who he was talking about how corporations buy up newspapers, they bankrupt them, and then um, they take all the assets that they have and then they sell them. And then that's how um, these uh, vulture um, investments make uh, profits from them. And by doing that, what it leads to is for us to just have uh, newspapers and, and big corporations running uh, the news channels. So what we hear is basically what the, the the big corporations and the people who are actually in the higher up making money from it, what they want us to hear. And it always tends to be, oh, black people are like this, brown people are like this, um, we should go into this country and uh, take... Uh, all the assets and we should let it um, influence our um, we should influence their governments and whatnot and just take over so it's, it just tends to be in their favor all the time so with local newspapers they don't have that kind of uh, power so they have to report on what's actually going on and have facts and have back, be backed up or they can be sued and they're a small entity so they can be held accountable now if they can be held accountable and newspapers in general can be uh, sued and they can lose money, why shouldn't uh, the police uh, be held to that standard? Why shouldn't it be? Why shouldn't uh, politicians and people in government held, be held to that uh, same sort of standard? Um, but yeah, um, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. I'm gonna let you finish. Actually, I'll let you reply to that. Oh yeah, yeah. similarly here when uh, with the, with a. Uh, Boris's advisor Cummins was breaking lockdown rules, and I think the person in the BBC said it. They in I think it was a news night, and they, they couldn't be doing the episode next time because there were so many. Was it, I think there's there's people that complained. There were, and you're thinking, wait a minute, um, they he did like he did break those rules. He did break the rules. The rules were very clear. You know, yeah. you had Boris basically talking to people as if they were children. If your friends tell you to come out, say no. Or, you know, all the other government guys is like, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this. And you realize someone literally did broke all those rules and all of the excuses were such nonsense mm. that it shows you that when, you have, when you're in certain position, you can basically lie to someone to the point where you're insulting their intelligence. This guy said he was testing his eyesight, which, I mean, 
I know that if someone asked me on the spot to explain something that I was doing that I know was wrong, I might come up with a terrible excuse. But this, he planned this. So I'm not entirely sure how he came up with that excuse, right? The entire thing makes no sense to any normal person. His wife could have driven. Also, if you if you are truly worried about your eyesight, would you get into a car? No. So anyway, the government was... Um, now, I understand the government backing their guy, right? That's fine. That's what they do. That's mm. understandable. It's the fact that the BBC, which is supposed to be an entirely different thing, there was enough pressure in the BBC that that lady could not do his program the next day. There was enough pressure that that person got, um, you know, the like. So you think like, is it really separate? Is it and is the guy? It's under the guise of oh, but you're not being, uh, you know, where is it? You're being quite partisan. Yeah. yeah, but then again, the BBC is never impartial. It, it and also. I think that being being impartial goes against the idea of what is right or wrong. Because if I punch you in the face, you can't come out, like another person can't come out and say, but I'm being impartial. You should just say, this guy was wrong. He punched him in the face, right? It's, it's a very clear-cut case. Although you can't be partisan to one particular political party, etc., it's quite obvious that, you know, the BBC prints, it gravitates towards wherever the authority is. And government usually has authority. So it's a thing where you're thinking like, okay, um, how is it they're able to so it's a clear example that yeah if you're those in power the media the whole thing it's it's all linked together and I think if people realize whether it's newspapers I think earlier with the vulture funds yeah I've seen that as well, uh, the Patriot Act right so yeah. he, was, he was explaining that it's not even sometimes it's not even a direct attack on you because it's just the way the system works, you know? This is how you make money. The financial system works in such a way where you could do some... I don't... Yeah, he was explaining the whole leverage buyout situation. It doesn't make sense that I buy something, but I buy it with your... It's like me buying something from you. And then it's it, like, do you know, the whole the whole situation just didn't make any sense to me. So I was like, oh, they're allowed to do this because the financial system is set up like this. So yeah. it's with it. You know, whether it's the way money is set up, whether it's the way capitalism, uh, the media, government, the entire system is at a point where it's been tested. And I think generally it, there's no money in telling the truth. So they're just going to go where the, the money lies or the power lies. Exactly. So sometimes it, yeah, because of it's like it's just a big, you know, machine and you just have to feed it. And so sometimes it's not even like, I don't have to be racist. I don't have to be prejudiced. I don't have to be, you know, uh, prejudiced against a particular community for me to hurt them. It's the system yeah. is set up to hurt anyone that's weak or doesn't have money or is vulnerable. And do you know what I mean? It's the way we've set up society, unfortunately. Um, mm. So it's yeah, it's it remains to be seen whether that will change. It remains to be seen whether changes will come around and at least maybe we'll be a little bit more civilized. We'll be a little bit more, you know, understanding that hey, things like this cannot go on. Um, but yeah, well, I, I guess we will yeah. see. Well, um, I was going to ask you these questions and I was going to um, get you to answer them in depth, but I think with the time scale that we might have now, um, we might just do it like briefly and quickly. But uh, do you mind if I just go through them one by one? Yeah, sure. Um, when was the first time you experienced racism? Oh, uh, let's see. I can't remember if there was a first time because I feel like with racism, you don't sometimes know that something is happening to you. Um, because a lot of the time it's just in the background, right? So if I went for a job interview, I never know whether I was literally just not good enough for the job or 
whether someone was just being racist towards me, right? Like I would not know that. Um, so there's that. Having said that, there's sometimes you do experience it quite, uh, I think it was like, I was quite young. Um, I think I may have been 11, 12. And I think it was a young girl, right? She was even younger than me. And she was like, shut up, you black piece of S word. Wow. I was like, what? I know. Now, the thing is, though, even though I was a young child, I could tell that that person, it, this was a child. I could tell that they definitely didn't know what that meant. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, they couldn't have meant, they couldn't have known what that meant. It could have, it's probably because they've heard other people say it. Mm. You know, a child is the product, like the, the way, the things they're exposed to. Because a 10-year-old ch- little girl does not have, the, unless, do you know what I mean? She's probably not racist at that yeah. point. She hasn't gone research that I really don't like. So I was like, huh, wow. I wasn't even offended. It was one of those things I was like, damn. <laughs> With uh, me, it was uh, basically, I was um, coming back from basketball. Uh, me and my brother and my friend um, were talking and whatnot. And I was like kind of upset for whatever reason across the road. And I was just walking where there's like, basically there's cars parked on the right-hand side to me and there's the pavement in front of me. So I'm just kicking stones and it's like light thing. I'm not really like doing anything angrily. I'm just like sad. I'm kicking stones on the floor. Police car pulls up and then this guy, I don't know what was wrong with him. He just had a face on like it was proper angry. His face was red. He looks out, pulls his window down. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. I'm just kicking stones. And then he had like a face like he was after me. I don't know what it was. Like, this is one thing that I remember. It's not probably the first time. It's like, when I was, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, something like that. But then he looked like he was about to do something. Like, he didn't have anyone else in the car. It was just him. This is before, like, having body cameras or anything like that. Luckily, my bro and my friend were across the road. And then they spoke to me, whatever. He just drove off after. I was like, wow, that could have been different Like if I was just there by myself. I don't know what his issue was. I don't know what he was trying to do, but I did not commit any crime. Met those times I didn't know anything about my rights or anything, so that would have been just a madness. But yeah, man. Um, you still there? Oh yeah, yeah. sorry. Another <laughs> um, thing go- I want to ask you yeah. is, um, what did you initially think of the George Floyd uh, video? Let me sorry. I think it was yeah it was. Do you know what it is? Unfortunately, it got to a point where you get desensitized to it and things like this. So I was like, that is horrible. But it wasn't the first time I saw it. It wasn't a surprise. The fact that I was not surprised by it was the worst thing. I was like, well, that's, that's happened again. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a normal thing that seems to happen in the US. Yeah. Um, the one thing, yeah, it was slightly different. One, I think his age was different, right? To, to the usual victims that they like, people attack. Um, yeah. The fact that he was completely unarmed like there was zero justification for anything that was also different mm-hmm. so i think yeah that, that so i was like yeah i think this probably will get some level of traction but i did not know that it was going to get this level of traction it so that was yeah. i think yeah that was interesting that was that was um it was hard to watch man. like me generally i can't take these kinds of things but um i watched a bit of it and i just like turned off i was like i know what they did but my surprise was what followed. Like everyone else was um, outraged and it was just everyone. It wasn't just the black community. And on top of that, it was the the, the level of uh, coverage that it got and people speaking out against it. Um, 
that surprised me. Um, another question I wanted to ask you was, um, what's your take on the process? Do you know what? I think it's a good thing. Sometimes you don't get anything by doing, you, you know what I mean? If, if I tell you, I uh, have power over you, but you can only protest that power by the means that I tell you to protest. That's probably going to be the areas where you can least affect me. So mm. protesting, it's, it's great. Even though I personally do not think, okay, logically speaking, right? So the, the, no one can say that they have a problem with the protests. They usually, again, come around and say, well, there's the looters and there's the violence with the police, mm. right? Mm. But even that, even that, let people loot. Because let's be honest, that's how you get people's attention. If unfortunately that's the only way you can get people to actually say, hold up, this is a bad thing, then why not? It's almost like, you know how in the food chain you have animals that do really terrible things, but they, 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 it's necessary for them uh, to be there to maintain an ecosystem, right? So yeah. in a protest ecosystem, they are necessary tools to piss off people. You should not get involved personally looting, right? It's terrible. You're doing something wrong. But the, the fact that when there's a protest, there's also people that loot, they kind of, yeah, they get into a situation where if that's the way, it's the, if that somehow is what it takes to get people to listen, they're doing their part, you know? Yeah. Everybody else is protesting. It's almost like a multifaceted uh, protest, yeah. protest. Yeah, there's a protest and there's the people that are looting. Let them loot. It's also, it, it, it also shows you that when people, it's like the statues again, right? Why do you care yeah. about shops that can be replaced? Where, where, you know, shop windows can be replaced, stock can be replenished, uh, yeah. you know, uh, premises can be refitted. That's kind that, of, yeah. Exactly. But when you have a problem with that more than you have a problem with the fact that people are losing their lives, it mm. shows. And that's why a lot of these people that are like, but, yeah, but, you're like, there's no but, there's, there's just no, please. Do you know what? If you want the looters yeah. to stop, change everything. And then when these people have zero reason to loot, then then complain about it, right? You always go with the higher, you know, with, with, with the thing that's more important. And the looting is the least problematic thing we have right now. That's true. Um, the thing is with these um, statues and whatnot, that surprises me. It's like, why were they up in the first place? Like, why, why were you celebrating these people? Like, what did they do that was so great? Like, and on top of that is like with Little Britain and Barcelona and all these shows, them being cancelled now, it's like, what was wrong with us as a society that we thought that was okay then and it's not okay now? You get me? Yeah, I think I understand it when it comes to the media side of it though. Because what we find funny now is not the same... As you know, I try to rewatch shows that I used to like back, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And sometimes you just don't get the sense of humor. Uh, this is because what we find appropriate in terms of content, change, you know, is influenced by our surroundings and whatever and who we are. We are constantly evolve. We, we change. Society around us changes. Certain things are acceptable. Certain things, you know, are no longer acceptable. So I understand it from that point of view. Certain shows... Uh, there's a whole freedom of speech thing, but put that aside. Certain shows are just not going to be acceptable, which is fine. Um, but I think as a society, the reason, yeah, as a society, the reason why we think certain things are, uh, yeah, that, that that is a good question. I think to an extent, with, like let's say with the statues, for example, why were they up in the first place? Well, 
I think we, again, it's that hidden sort of intention. We all know that you're not going to... People always say this, right? They're like, oh, well, you can't say, come on, stop saying Hitler. But like, would you have a statue of Hitler? No. What? (laughs) Well, because you know statues represent something. It's a visualization. It's to commemorate and to admire those people. Let's be honest, right? How many times do you... Forget Hitler. How many times do you see a statue of someone that's actively hated? Go on. No, no one ever does that. So to say that it's part of history, though, it's false. It's a false premise. People use that to defend the fact that they were there. It's again, it's why we can't have honest discussions. We can't have honest discussions because people will just like, oh, no, no. But it's it's, it's because of this. It's because you're like, no, it's not because of that. It's because you know very well, you know very well that the reason this is happening is because you wanted to have him in there because you secretly wanted to walk past the slave trader and be like, ha, we used to have that. That's why you want those statues up. There's no other reason. Otherwise, you would have him in it. It, and it's always people talk about history and education. Why is it that in uh, the, we went to the same high school? Why is it that we never learned much about um, black people? When wait, slavery, mm. black people were enslaved, transatlantic slave trade. Do you did you ever learn anything else about black people? No. no. Well, there you go. That's much. For, what about the British Empire? You learned about the fact that they've invented this, they've invented that. They had a huge navy. You know, they did this. They. But when would they teach about the millions of people they've starved? Even at the time of Winston Churchill, not even like that long ago, you'd never hear about that because so it's interesting, isn't it? You always have to it's think. Racism, mm. it's racism within education uh, that um, is one of the biggest problems as well. If you teach people that it was these things were good and happened at this time, what are you going to think when they grow up? They're just going to accept it and it's going to be ingrained in them to the point where they don't even realize they're being racist. Yeah, because that's normal now. That's what you're supposed to, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's quite um, Another thing is, uh, are you surprised by the recent uh, deaths caused by racism? Like the ones that have happened since like, February? Uh, not in particular, not in particular. Uh, let's see. Yeah, people, uh, there's, again, there's a general current of racism, right? Like, to you, there's racist, they go and kill people. Again, lockdown, people are a bit more frustrated, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm not sure if you're specific, referring to a specific incident. Um, not all of them, because there was the lady that was shot, uh, Breonna Taylor, like eight times when she was in her own house and they broke in. And the guy uh, grabbed the weapon to try and defend himself because he doesn't know who's breaking in. It was a no-walk, knock uh, warrant. And they just came in and then they thought that he had drugs when no one had drugs and no drugs were found. Uh, armored over running and he was shot by two guys because apparently they trying to do a citizen's arrest because he was in a building that he wasn't even doing anything really he was just running and jogging and then you had obviously George Floyd uh, that happened yeah no no not surprised at all I think it's, it's a natural uh, thing that would occur in a society like that unfortunately I know that's sad, sad to say um, but when you have a lot of people on you know, I have discussions with people. I troll people online sometimes, right? And I have discussions with people. And they would be like, but tell me, how are you discriminated against? I'm like, huh? <laughs> so this is what I normally do, right? So I'll send someone a report. I'll send them like the like a you know Department of Work and Pensions report. I literally did this the other day. And it stated mm-hmm. that someone who has an ethnic name, right? So they would submit. Uh, they would submit applications, like identical applications with three names, almost identical, right? But with three different names. 
and two are ethnic minority like associated names one is like a typical white british kind of name and when that happens they found that more often like i think someone to to, to have the same opportunity someone who has that kind of name would have to apply to 70% more right and it, that was one thing it was commissioned by the department of work and pensions they were like oh people literally we got to a point where they don't believe anything if you put evidence in front of them i'm like but it's yeah. not even me right and the government isn't even like a nice government do you get it like it depends <laughs> it's not like i control the civil service do you get it like it, 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 it's madness they'll be like no that's fake i like <laughs> explain how that's fake please it, are you I telling me on. this entire thing? Yeah, I send them. The, I, then I send them a different link with it that shows where it's from. They're like they're still fake. So I realize when people want to believe things, they will quite literally ignore all evidence. Then I send them the Lamy report, right? But and they still didn't believe me. They're like, you didn't give me any evidence. I was like, I think that maybe we don't speak the same English. Maybe evidence and fact don't mean the same thing to you, right? But it's the fact that people will literally ignore any evidence to the contrary. Confirmation bias has become so strong with social media and the, the internet. Because you remember when we thought, oh, we're going to have access to all the information in the world. We're definitely going to become cleverer. That did not work out very well. The opposite, the opposite happened. Yeah. So you realize that people will definitely not. I, I agree that there's an idea about authority. What is an authoritative source? That's a debate we can have, right? That's fine. Why is it you can only quote certain papers? You can't quote certain things. But when you just literally say, I am not going to accept something, I will just, again, it's either by people who are willfully, you know, ignoring these things because they, are, they know they're racist or it's people that are just, you know, they are racist subconsciously, but they're con- you know, they yeah. they don't want to admit it at the front of their mind. They're like, oh no, so it's it's always that kind of struggle. It's crazy. It's that fake news thing with uh, Trump. Like everything is fake news because you bring uh, truth to right in front of someone's face, they're just going to deny it anyway because they want to believe whatever they want to believe. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you was. Do you think we're being baited in uh, this situation now that's going on? Uh, like for example, with the far right, uh, them saying that they're going to come out and then obviously it's going to be Black Lives Matter process that they're going to clash or whatnot. Do you think that they're trying to bait us even in the news? Uh, well, yeah, there's always an element of bait because you know that if you go protest, you're not treated the same as certain people that may go to protest. It's because of this. It can, it, it would be. Having said that, with especially with let's say Tommy Robinson, whatever getting involved, I would definitely say they're trying to bait it. They're trying to definitely do that. So it's a matter of either having very well organized protest, or but it depends. It's uh, yeah, it's it's a whole mess. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's just it's such a multifaceted mess that you're thinking like, wow. Uh, but yeah. Where do we start? <laughs> But um, I've got a couple more, so we'll just go through them quickly. Where do we go from here? That's a good question. I think before we ask anyone else for things, we may have to see what we can do for ourselves. Reason being is, uh, you know, uh, pressuring other people only goes so far when it's a spare of the moment kind of thing. Um, 
we're definitely going to have to be well, better organized. You know, you know? we're going to have to have membership organizations that can go and say whenever anything, any legislation comes up that is discriminatory or can lead or can be used by people that want to be, you know, you know, discriminate against people. We can fight against it. Where whether it's you know all forms of lobbying are on the table, uh, where the protests are on the table, but it needs to be such that people are organised and there are common things. We don't have to agree on everything, but we have to agree on certain things, and those things we have to say. Uh, I'm not going to do that thing. Well, if everybody donates a pound, we'll have ten million. No, it's. It doesn't have to be everybody. If, let's say, it's even a significant minority of people consistently support certain things that happen. It doesn't have to be a lot of effort. It could be like an hour every two weeks or something like that, right? The people have to be organized into all of the different things, whether it's writing to their MPs, making sure they, dis- you know, uh, where they take part in discussions, making sure um, what is it, that the, the people are organized in such a way where if a particular companies or corporations or whatever are being discriminatory uh, actions taken against them, where um, where is it, the media can be pressured to make sure they report things. If they go and report something, they can be, because there are certain communities that are very good at making sure they are not misrepresented in, 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 you know, in newspapers. Make sure we do that. Make sure... Mm literally at every possible thing because i think success comes not just from doing one thing it comes from doing a lot of things in the right direction pushing a lot of things you know with the same kind of energy so i think if we can if we can make sure we have almost like a thing where we all put effort we all kind of see what we're good at and we contribute to that yeah. even if some of us do that and but we do it consistently because you can go and do a three-hour workout at the gym today and do nothing for the next for the rest of the week it won't help it may be better for you to do like 20 like half hour every other day you know consistently it's that kind of thing so Mm -hmm. from here i think organize better make sure we have we can lobby people make sure we can uh lobby we can make we can you know um push all kind uh, with its newspapers, whether it's the government, corporations, whether it's forming a union, whether literally any any. I'm I'm not a sociologist. I don't know how these things work, right? But whoever does can maybe advise on how to organize that, and then there could be something for everyone to do. Um, and lastly, this is a two two part question. Uh, first is, with everything that's gone on, has anything changed in your opinion? And what actual change uh, can you expect? So, uh, let's see. I think the change is mostly, at least we're having a conversation, right? Everything starts with a conversation. So we're, we're, we're talking about these things. And before, if you came out and said, I have been discriminated against in this scenario, you'd be like, oh, don't be dramatic. Whereas now, you can say that. Now you have the mic, you know? Every dog has his day and this is ours. So you have a mic, you can say things. So make sure you, you know, make sure that if there's something, yeah. Having said that though, as a, in the long run, what happens depends on how well, uh, how well we continue. So it's that consistency again. I think there will definitely be a positive change. How much of that change translates into, you know, life, into, I don't know. 
but we will definitely have to see. Uh, but I think even small changes are useful. You know, sometimes, um, sometimes you have big waves and then small waves, but sometimes you have small, consistent, incremental changes. We will see which one this is. It could be that a lot of things happen in a short space of time and then it dies out. It could be that, uh, you know, incrementally we try to improve. But at the very least, the one outcome is that we're having the conversations about these things, which is good. Um, well, brother, it's been good having you. Uh, thanks for coming back. And um, hopefully um, with the positive outlook that we continue to have, things get better and um, we can achieve certain um, gains from this that will we'll not totally eradicate racism, but will push it towards an, a direction that will kind of help us um, in life in general and people to come for, for years to come. So it's been nice having you. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, uh, you too. It's been nice talking to you. No problem. Take care, man. Salam.